magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're, we're thrilled that you're with us. Haven't been here in a couple of weeks. We had uh, an IU basketball game preempt us uh, two weeks ago. And then a week ago, we had uh, was obviously a great cause. And I didn't think twice about missing the opportunity to have a show. But we had the Salvation Army Radiothon uh, all weekend uh, here a week ago. So I haven't been on the air uh, now for three weeks, and it's nice to be back, and there's always a lot to talk about. Uh, I I will start, however, by saying that it is a very tough day to be an Indiana sports fan in the sense that IU got waxed uh, in... in 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 historic fashion, I don't know about historic. We'll talk about historic fashion here in just a minute. But Kansas beat uh, IU by 22 points, and if you listen to that here on WIBC, uh, you're probably as disappointed as I am in the Hoosiers' performance. But then we weren't done as, as Indiana sports fans. Oh no, we then got to witness what is literally a historic collapse by the Indianapolis Colts. Historic, the largest comeback in NFL history was 32 points. And interestingly enough, former Colts coach Frank Reich was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills who came back from a 32-point deficit, actually in a playoff game against Houston, came back and won that game. So that was the largest comeback in NFL history, 32 points. The Colts today were up 33 to nothing at halftime. 33 to nothing. No team had ever come back from that kind of a deficit before. And uh, it just came in. I just was watching it on my phone as we're getting ready to go live on the air. And uh, Colts got beat 39-36 in overtime. In the second half in overtime, got outscored 39-3. Ponder that. In one half of football and an overtime period, 39-3. It's historic. It literally is historic. So we... As Indianapolis, as uh, Colts fans, quote-unquote, we get to wear that badge of honor here until somebody beats that record. I'm not sure we'll see it in our lifetime. But, hey, you don't turn into the Gun Guy Show necessarily to hear me whine uh, about uh, sports teams or sports scores. And there, uh, there are uh, a lot of people would say more important things uh, to get into. One, one thing that I just did here recently, and the podcast for this just posted – but I was thrilled to be invited uh, by by my friend, friend of the show, friend of WIBC, uh, Rick Snyder, who's the Fraternal Order of Police uh, president for Lodge 86, which is central Indiana. Includes not just IMPD, but all state 
local federal police officers uh, here in the central Indiana area. Uh, Rick uh, represents that lodge, and Rick is a, a frequent guest here on the Gun Guy Show and several other shows, uh, including Hammer and Nigel, uh, often talking about law enforcement-related issues, uh, talking about violence here in Indiana and beyond. And Rick is also a co-host of a, a really a, a great podcast, and, and I did not know about this before Rick and I started talking about it and before he invited me to come on. This is called Remnant Revealed. And we'll, and we'll talk a little bit about that name, by the way, which which is really interesting to me. It's not something that I, I focused on before seeing the podcast posted. I think it just posted last night, actually. And, uh, and that's interesting. But what this is, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart, and that is it's really designed to be, I think, a, a support mechanism for law enforcement. But it's support in a spiritual sense. And, you know, we're at that time of year uh, where we're, we're talking a lot about uh, spirituality. No matter what, what religion uh, you might practice, uh, you know, what your particular uh, beliefs are religiously or otherwise, you know, it's that time of year where a lot of us are thinking in those terms. And what we did is, 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 is we had a really interesting discussion on something that I talk about even to some degree in my training classes. And that is, and we, and we get, went well beyond this, by the way, and we'll talk more about that. But what, is the, what are the religious implications? What are the spiritual implications related to self-defense, the defense of yourself, the defense of your home, the defense of your family? And it certainly applies to police officers in the sense that here folks are, are, are employed to protect their community that put their lives on the line. And, and, you know, and, and Rick has talked before, and I'm sure we'll mention this during the show tonight, that police officers are, are, are being attacked, they're being shot, they're being ambushed, they're being injured and killed at, 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 at unprecedented levels. So here folks are putting their lives on the line, and in that process— may also at some point in their careers, God forbid, be called upon to take a life. Those of us who are private citizens who carry firearms, I mean, I carry a firearm everywhere. It's legal for me to carry a firearm. And I, I spend a lot of time uh, and effort training to be as proficient as I can be in defending myself, defending my family, defending other members of my community. Well, that may very likely involve the use of deadly force. I just taught my Essentials of Indiana Gun Law class Thursday night. And we spent, of a four and a half hour class, we probably spent two hours. And by the way, I sold out class at, at Indy Arms. Uh, we've got another one coming up, as I'll be pitching here a little bit later in the show, coming up in February. But uh, we had almost 50 people. It was a very full conference room there at Indy Arms. And we talked a lot about the use of deadly force and self-defense and when that's legally justified and when it's not. Well, part of the preparation that goes into, in my mind, and part of the training that I've always offered, has been developing the mindset to be prepared to defend yourself. And yes, that may involve the use of deadly force. And to have a mindset that says, if called upon, if necessary, if it becomes absolutely essential to save your life, to save another innocent life, are you mentally, emotionally, and otherwise prepared to make that decision. Because I tell people all the time to ask yourself the question, are you prepared? Are you comfortable with the idea of using deadly force to defend yourself or defend someone else? And if the answer to that is no, there's nothing wrong with that. I would never argue with anyone. I mean, that's an incredibly important decision 
I think that anyone needs to ask themselves, certainly gun owners or people that regularly carry guns or have even a gun next to the the bed at night on the nightstand. But ask yourself the question, are you prepared to make that decision? Because if the answer is no, hey, you get no criticism from me. Everyone needs and, 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 and has the right to ask that question and answer it however they choose. And if somebody says, no, absolutely not, I could never take a human life. I could never use deadly force against another person. That's fine with me. I would never argue against anyone's right to make that decision. I would never say it's the wrong decision. But I would then tell you not to incorporate a firearm into your self-defense plan because if you're not prepared to use that firearm and implement deadly force, all you're doing is bringing a gun to a fight that you're not willing to use. And if you're not willing to use it, what are you doing? You're bringing a gun to a fight that may then very likely be taken away from you or used against you. So no judgment from me, no no criticism whatsoever, but everyone needs to make that decision. Part of that decision, and I've taught this in personal protection classes for years, is I've said when you ask yourself that question and making a decision whether you want to use a gun for self-defense or, or to, to include that in your self-defense plan, ask yourself the question, can I pull that trigger if the time comes? And consider all of the implications to that whether it's societal, right? What, 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 what society in general, whether it's social media or others in your community or whatever, what they may have to say about you if you make that decision to use deadly force. How you're going to deal with that on your own. And then also the moral and spiritual or even religious implications of having taken a life. Ask yourself that question. And that naturally leads into a discussion of and again, I I, I I don't I don't I don't suggest that you have any particular belief system, but those of us who consider them ourselves Christians ought to be asking ourselves: Is are we comfortable even from a religious standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint? And part of that leads into a discussion, a discussion I've had around the dinner table for a lot of years. My dad, you may know if you listen to the Gun Guy Show. Retired not so long ago. He's 91 years old, but he hasn't been retired very long. He, re- he retired as a, as, a, as a Methodist pastor. And we would have the conversation. This is a guy who carried a gun behind the pulpit for a lot of years. We would have the discussion. What's the Bible say about the use of force, including the use of deadly force, to defend yourself or your family? And a lot of people start off right off the bat and say, hold on. It says, turn the other cheek. Right? That, that was a Sermon on the Mount. That's from the lips of, of Jesus himself. And we and we see the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Well, does that end the discussion? Does that end the discussion? Are we done at that point? Or is there more to talk about? Is there another side to that coin in terms of those implications that those of us uh, who, who are Christians or, or whatever faith we practice, we have to think about the ramifications of having made those decisions. That's what we're going to get into when we come back. I'm really excited to have not only Rick Snyder, FOP president, Lodge 86, but Dr. Christopher Holland, who's the lead pastor at the Father's House. Great church. I was down there. In fact, we we, we videotaped the podcast I'm going to talk about quite a bit here on the show. They're at the church on the southeast side, 1551 South Franklin, as I recall. And uh, it was there. It's a beautiful church, and uh, and 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 Chris Holland is a great guy. He's here in the studio as well. We're going to get into all those issues, and have I think what's going to be a really interesting discussion. Our 
our podcast discussion on Remnant Revealed, I thought was fantastic. And it just posted last night. We'll talk more about that as well. Right now, we'll take a break, but we're going to take your calls throughout as well. If you have questions or comments, give us a call, 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled you're with us. I'm really thrilled as well to have Dr. Christopher Holland from the Father's House uh, Church here on the southeast side of Indianapolis and good friend of the show, good friend of WIBC, Rick Snyder, FOP President Lodge 86, which is here, central Indiana. So first of all, thanks you guys. Thanks for being here. And uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about introductions. I I think most of our listeners probably don't uh, need one from Rick Snyder, but Rick, let's talk about just a little bit about your responsibility for FOP, what your responsibilities are, and then we'll get into a little more specifics about uh, Remnant Revealed. Yeah, I've been serving here for quite a while as the president here in Indianapolis at the Fraternal Order of Police. We represent all the law enforcement officers throughout Marion County and the various agencies and whatnot. And then um, I think what a lot of people may not know is that not too long ago, I was asked to step into the role of serving as the national chaplain for the Fraternal Order of Police across our country. And so uh, that's an issue where we provide spiritual support for over 365,000 members and their families. Yeah. I always say to people, it turns out that's a lot of that's a lot of folks, <laughs> it's a lot, uh, a but lot it's of been folks. a great blessing. And, uh, you know, uh, for a couple of years now and really for about five years, we've been talking about this, uh, Chris and I have really how do we get some of these discussions that we've had behind closed doors uh, and with our membership uh, out into the public domain, mainly for other officers and their families across this country to hear. And that's what really born this uh, side project of the Remnant Revealed podcast. And we launched it about this time last year. We're right up on one year anniversary of it. Um, and we've, uh, I think we've got close to 40 episodes that are already up and on the YouTube on the channel. It's Remnant Revealed. It's separate and distinct from the FOP and that work, uh, but I think it complements it well. It's, it's Remnant Revealed, a biblical perspective on policing. Mm-hmm. And what we're finding is, is that not just officers all across this country and their, and their spouses and other family members are tuning into it, but just a lot of folks in the community uh, throughout the country are tuning into it because they're getting a behind-the-scenes view and discussion about the real challenges that law enforcement officers face in their daily walk. And those challenges seem to me to be increasing almost daily oh, yeah. uh, in terms of challenges police officers. But but Chris, uh, Dr. Christopher Holland. Dr. Chris, uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, about the Father's House and uh, your church and, and how you got hooked up with this guy here, Rick Snyder. Okay. Well, uh, we started the Father's House about 21 years ago. This coming March will be 21 years in a hotel room on uh, Emerson Avenue with four people. That was me and my wife and mm-hmm. two little boys at the time. And uh, that grew. We baptized people in the hotel swimming pool. And no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, eventually awesome. it grew, uh, and God kept blessing until it is what it is today. And uh, he gets all the credit because uh, all I did was say, yes, sir, and follow him. <laughs> uh, but um, 
loving cops has been a lifelong passion of ours. Uh, my wife's dad was killed in the line of duty hmm. uh, when she was eight years old, and uh, so that uh, I married a survivor, and um, it's been a great. We've been married thirty four years, and uh, and then started serving the community. Uh, here, we've always done something for police officers uh, in Ohio, where we started our, our original work, and then we planted churches overseas and here, have always been involved in law enforcement in some capacity, uh, and uh, chaplained uh, some of the greatest officers in the world, I say, and um, came here, planted the church here, got started uh, helping and just loving on cops. That's really all, all, all it was, is just saying uh, we got to find some cops to love and let them know that we appreciate what they do. We started a, a thing at the church called Roll Call, and it's where we bring uh, the south and east, southeast and, and east district to the church every year, and it's their Roll Call, their official Roll Call. They do their business, but we feed them from daylight till dark every shift wonderful catered meal didn't start out that way started out with a little electric griddle and you know taking five hours to flip bacon and and get it cooked and uh and then in the middle of all that uh we give them a a gift that was pertinent to their job something that might would help them on their job and one year we were discussing that we came up with uh, an item called uh, uh trauma kit a gunshot trauma kit found out they didn't have them already supplied by the city and and we went to work on that we didn't have any money didn't have any uh, you know didn't have anything uh, just started praying and believing god that's the way we did it all in the middle of that uh chaplain rick kessel said hey there's a guy i want you to meet um i didn't know it but he had been having subsequent discussion with him about uh doing something at the fop so uh we met and from there it's been a uh great journey together uh, you, you mentioned being married to a, really a, a survivor uh, family member of violence against police officer that word survivor at least according to my understanding and you guys correct me if I'm wrong uh, actually has some application to the name of your podcast remnant reveal that's wh- where does that name come from and, and 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 let's talk specifically about your podcast and what through that podcast you're looking to accomplish yeah, well, I'm, you know, I think uh, any believer or any person who studies the Bible finds that we serve a remnant God, and uh, God has always kept a remnant, even when things have been horribly challenging, uh, falling apart, um, countries falling. Um, God has always kept a remnant available, and then used them to rise up mm-hmm. and uh, help carry out His call upon their lives, and. When and that's really to, a survivor of those conflicts, that's right? Absolutely I mean, yeah, right. That, that, that's, that's the connection that I saw. And you have this yeah. remnant that's left, and, and what the podcast is designed to do is to reveal that, not just to maybe folks from the outside looking in, but from the very officers and family members and survivors as well, uh, who, you know, it can get pretty lonely in this line of work. And when you realize that there are so many others out there walking that same journey, uh, there's a lot of healing power in what we're talking about and what uh, people are watching on that podcast. You know, the question then naturally arises in my mind um, that, you know, you guys are trying to provide that support, whether it's emotional support, uh, spiritual support, uh, feeding them a good meal uh, on occasion during roll call as well. But is is there a void 
that you're trying to, to fill in terms of what, what is not provided uh, to police officers, either through their department or even what FOP is allowed to do? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you'll find is that the law enforcement profession now does a really good job on focusing on physical wellness. We have a great uh, physical fitness uh, regiment and facilities through the IMPD and many agencies do. And most agencies throughout the country are now focusing on mental, emotional wellness. Uh, A lot of people don't know it, but in Indianapolis, we have the leading Um, Office of Professional Wellness and Development in the country. Uh, The National Fraternal Order of Police has now modeled their wellness committee after the efforts here in Indianapolis because we have so many results that are now being replicated all over. Uh, But, you know, as I've shared before and I've shared when we talked, you know, just for me individually, you know, it's, it's fine to be focused on your physical health. It's fine to be focused on your mental, emotional health. But invariably, every single person will find... And I think anyone listening right now would know that invariably there's still that third piece that's missing. That's right. And it's that whole of spiritual wellness that has to be filled with something. And I always tell people, you were saying it earlier, you know, respecting everybody's right to faith and belief system. Sure. Uh, invariably people find that there there is there is a greater need, something bigger than themselves. And uh, whether you say you're a believer or not, you're a believer in something. That's you'll right. fill that hole with something, right. even if it's not God. Well, I'll tell you what, we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. You guys, good to stick around because yeah. I've got a lot yeah. I want to talk about. We've got some folks calling in as well. Uh, but we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. Again, you want to join this discussion. We're going to keep the calls on topic here, uh, which is what we're trying. I say we, what uh, what Chris uh, and Rick are trying to accomplish through Remnant Revealed. Uh, and we're going to talk about the spiritual religious uh, implications uh, around self-defense. And that was really the primary topic. I don't know. We talked about a lot over about 90 minutes uh, in the podcast that I participated in that just posted last night. We'll talk more about that. Um, but uh, if you want to join that discussion, you have questions or comments, give us a call 317-239-9393. Right now we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back to the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. I'm Guy Relford. I'm here in the studio with FOP President Rick Snyder and lead pastor at the Father's House Church on the southeast side uh, here in Indianapolis, uh, Dr. Uh, Christopher Holland. And and we're we're getting into now uh, what, what I really wanted you guys to come in and uh, be available to talk about, which is uh, the, the podcast that I participated in. And, uh, and, and, and Chris, I'll throw this to you. Um, first of all, where can people find this? And what kind of subject is it? Is it exclusively per, for police officers? That's a rhetorical question because I know it's not. But what kind of content uh, do you should people s- expect to see when they go to uh, Remnant Revealed? Uh, well, first of all, they can find it on YouTube. They yeah. can find it on RSS. I mean, it's on Spotify. It's on almost every. Uh, social net network radio type network uh, I think except for uh, iTunes right now and that's just because they're working out some of the contractual stuff on it um, the topics that we cover are really just where you live mm-hmm. I mean right and right where an officer lives it's dealing with the essence of life 
Um, you know, they stand at the scene many times and see people lose their life. We have officers that lose their life. Um, the, the body remains. Mm-hmm. The brain is still there. The officer may have to take a life. That's and, right. And deal with the implications and of the, that. And the part that leaves is the spirit. But that's the part we don't deal with the most. You know, your body's just a house. You have a mind, will, and emotion that resides in your in your brain. It's an organ. But your spirit is the deepest part of you. That is the primary part of you that you can't have go anywhere. Uh, or you're an empty house. But we cover topics like breaking tunnel vision. You know, tunnel vision is something officers deal with uh, in the middle of a crisis situation, how to break that. But then we we apply that uh, to life in the spirit. Your spiritual well-being, are you tunneled vision spiritually? Do you only see one direction, one thing, and you're missing all these peripheral issues that are actually causing you the trouble? It could be with a, you know, a supervisor. It could be with uh, somebody in the street. It could be with your health. It could be with anything, but it actually starts in the spirit. Character and critical heart issues, uh, stand in the line between good and evil. What does that mean? Was if you don't understand that you're actually called by God, uh, if it gets rough, you're going to bail and run. You, you got to know that you have a calling. The best officers that I've ever met in all of my life is officers who know in their heart they have a deep calling to do what they do. And they represent God because they represent righteousness. I'm not saying they're a preacher. I'm not saying they, you know, they they know Greek and Hebrew and they're a theological <laughs> right. uh, professor. What I'm saying is, God is righteous. He established the law. He calls men and women to help Him deal with the law in the world to make sure that evil doesn't overrun good. If you think about night and day, this earth is never, ever, ever totally consumed by darkness. There's always a light somewhere. That's what your local cop is. He stands for light. He stands for righteousness. So we cover those kind of topics. And and you know what? All of that, obviously, each of those issues, directly relevant, in fact, critically important for police officers, but by no means exclusively relevant to police officers. Oh, absolutely And, and, and a discussion I have often, you know, as someone who, uh, who, who carries a gun every day, who, who has been a firearms instructor for a long, long time, um, someone who advocates for Second Amendment rights, a lot of times folks will say, well, you, you only carry that gun I, it's because you're paranoid. Uh, you only carry that gun because you're afraid. I hear that all the time. What are you afraid of? I hear that continuously. And people that, that uh, are upset that the Constitution actually protects our Second Amendment rights. Um, and, and I always I always respond to that to say it, it has nothing to do with being afraid. No. What it is is it's a decision to have the capacity, the, the wherewithal, the willingness, and the capacity to do what you just mentioned, Chris, which is to stand between good and evil, whether that's evil breaking into my home at night that would that's do right. me or my family harm uh, or, or on the street. You know, I've now represented six different individuals uh, who have taken a human life in, in self-defense and the defense of others. And, and invariably, these are good people. Invariably, they're spiritual people, interestingly enough, but who made the decision to say, no, today, 
evil will not prevail. That's right. Good will prevail today. And 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 having that 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 wherewithal and having the willingness, in some cases the courage, to stand up to evil, is is what a private citizen can do and often does. And we'll get into some of those numbers. I, I know you guys were, were surprised when I, when I threw out some of these numbers that yeah. come from Barack Obama's CDC, by the way. Wow. But that but that willingness uh, to stand up, and and that's why I think. The podcast, Remnant Revealed, has so much application, not only to police officers, and I know that's the motivation, sure. but it has so much um, relevance uh, to uh, to private citizens as well. Do you see it that way, Rick? Yeah, I think one of the things that we're finding is a lot of the viewers that tune in and also the subscribers to the channel are not just law enforcement officers, but we're finding a, a strong audience with military veterans. Uh, we're speaking their language, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're also seeing it with folks uh, on the front lines in other public safety fields, but also medical professionals, ER doctors, ER nurses that see a lot of the same trauma and those kinds of things. And then also just a lot of folks in the community who who are saying they're looking around and they're seeing the landscape of what's going down here. And it seems like you can almost be completely overwhelmed by the darkness and evil in the world. And it's in those moments the silver lining is this is that like we're seeing with our law enforcement officers when they found that they have nowhere else to turn citizens that they thought loved them and supported them that were spitting on them and throwing punches on at them on skirmish lines officers found they had nowhere else to turn except for back to faith and something bigger than themselves and the one who actually called them to this line of work. That's right. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're at the three-quarter hour. We need to take another break. Before we do, though, I've had our pal Buzz on hold for quite some time. So before we go into the break, Buzz, you called, and I think uh, you have a question or a comment that fits right in with the discussion. Yes. You've got to think. I do not know what the percentage is, but most people that are breaking into your homes and doing things against the police. They're already out of their minds. They, they've already lost their fight to the evil side of it. And you guys, the way you present it, and like you said, you're doing righteous work by talking to everyone, first responders, medical people. I, I I think this is just a wonderful thing. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I appreciate you, that Buzz. a lot, Buzz. I'll tell you, with that, Buzz, and we always appreciate you calling, with that, we'll head into the break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And I'm here with uh, Chris Holland from the Father's House uh, Church, southeast side of Indianapolis. Uh, Rick Snyder, you know him well if you listen to the Gun Guy Show or or Hammer Nodule or several other shows here on WIBC, who's uh, FOP president. But but Chris, let me, let me ask you as uh, as the lead pastor uh, there and 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 doing what you do with and for the police community, um, there has to have been times I'm guessing multiple times where police officers or members of the military uh, or and perhaps others have come to you and said. Uh, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling with the fact that in my job, uh, I was called upon to use deadly force and, 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 and take a human life. And, 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 and what does that mean for me spiritually? Uh, will, will, will God now reject me uh, because I've 
acted inconsistently with uh, the, 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 the preachings of the Bible, uh, with, with the word of Jesus, whatever it might be, uh, I'm guessing that conversation's happened. And, and how, oh, a lot, yeah. And how does that conversation go? Um, usually it is um, they've battled it for some time because they don't talk about it. You know, the culture of, uh, of military and law enforcement is not to talk about those things. It's one of the reasons we started Remnant Revealed is to be able to share and really talk about some of the things that affect uh, officers on the job. So when we deal with these issues, uh, I always take them back to the very scripture they quote most of the time, and that is, you know, the Bible says thou shalt not kill, and I, I had to do that, and I can't undo that now. So now what, what, what am I, I guess I'm just, I'm done for eternity. Yeah. I'm going to hell. Yeah. I'm going to hell. There's no return for me. Um, the issue that most people have is in the original language and like in Exodus chapter 20, I think it's verse 13, uh, maybe the seventh commandment, thou shalt not kill where the word kill there in Hebrew and in Greek, a word can be, uh, said in English that actually the word in Hebrew or Greek can have three or four different words used, which mean different things. Mm -hmm. It's like the word no. If I said no to you just out and you're going, no, what? What did I do? I'm, I'm talking about no information. You're talking about no, don't do that. And that happens a lot of times where the scripture's concerned because of how it was interpreted in the original language mm-hmm. to English. So like the word kill, there's several different Hebrew Chaldean words for that word kill. The one that would have to do with homicide that is premeditated, evil, wicked, is a different word than the word uh, like uh, hadag, which is, which is to have to... Um, kill someone or even God would have them to enact justice, capital punishment. Uh, So you have to look at God's character. He's not going to have you go to hell for something that he himself have told people through many centuries to do to handle evil and deal justice to those who are wicked. So would it be fair to say, and we've only got about a minute here before we need to take a break at the top of the hour, but would it be fair to say that a more accurate translation of, of that commandment is not so much thou shalt not kill, including use deadly force when it's justified and moral and righteous. Correct. But it, 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 thou shalt not murder that's in correct. a sense that uh, that is immoral. That is immoral. That's correct. Hey, uh, guy, that's an epiphany for officers. Oh, uh, yeah. There's officers that we have talked to that have carried that burden for 40 years. And then they hear this thing that it's thou shalt not kill versus thou shalt not murder. And they say, where have you been all my life? <laughs> that, yeah. that is a load that they can get delivered from. And that's the value of this podcast. Yeah, I, I love that. I'll tell you what, we're, we're coming up on the top of the hour. You guys stick around because I'm just getting going. I, there's a lot more we're to talk about. Sure. And I want to get into some of, yeah. the, some of the specific discussion that we had uh, on the podcast. Uh, but right now, as we're coming up on the top of the hour, we're taking a break. Give us a call, 317-239-9393. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. Here in the studio, I have Rick Snyder, FOP President, Lodge 86, which is central Indiana. I've got Dr. Christopher Holland, uh, lead pastor at the Father's House Church on the southeast side of Indianapolis. And we're talking about the the resources, really the uh, assistance that these folks together are providing not just to law enforcement officers and military members, other first responders, but to the community at large on a number of, of spiritual issues and, and, and issues that are directly relevant to you. If you're someone, uh, even as, as, as a citizen as I am, a private citizen, uh, who uh, is dealing with, is considering issues associated with the self-defense, defense of others, defense of your community, um, and uh, yeah. and there's a lot to talk about. And we're going to get a little more into the discussion uh, as we just started, really right before the break. I, to me, a big revelation, I'm sure, for a lot of people, a lot of police officers, a lot of individuals. Again, I've represented now six people who have taken a human life, and every single one of them has struggled with it. Every one of them has reacted in a similar way in the sense that when people call them heroes, because they are heroes and they deserve to be called heroes, but when people want to pat them on the back and high-five them and buy them a beer, People are doing that with the right motive, but what they don't understand is what a life-altering moment that is, is when you're you're forced into a situation where you've had to take a human life. And and, and that's true for private citizens, certainly true uh, for members of the military and, and police officers. And this is at a time when police officers in particular are also facing challenges at unprecedented levels, attacks, murders, ambushes. At unprecedented, at unprecedented levels, and, and Rick, as, as FOP president, not only that, but as, as a national police chaplain, uh, let's talk about where we are in terms of those challenges uh, against police officers right now. Well, you know, people say, why are you guys doing this podcast? Why do you have these discussions? Why are you so focused on law enforcement officers? Well, number one, nobody else is doing it. Think about that. Nobody else really in the country that yeah. we can find is having this type of discussions. And the reason why we're so adamant about it, quite frankly, the reason why I'm so adamant about it is because I've buried way too many of my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've watched yeah. too many good men and women sacrifice their lives and their communities and their fellow officers left to pick up the pieces and have no idea how to move forward in life and watch them wreck themselves if they're not careful. Listen, these are the challenges that officers are facing. We're 350 days into this year. We're almost wrapping it up. But 350 days into this year, we have already had 306 officers shot in the line of duty Wow! in this country, 56 of which were killed by gunfire. And to your point earlier, Guy, on ambush attacks, 115 officers shot in 80 separate ambush attacks. That's a startling statistic. That means that we're averaging an officer shot in the line of duty about once every 25 hours. And people say, wait a minute, officers know that every 25 hours, somebody in their profession is going to be shot. What do they do? They shoot up and they show up and they go back to work the next day. That's right. And, you know, here's an interesting statistic. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He was saying, how do I put that into context for my congregation? How do I help them understand? Well, I started looking up some of these numbers. You say one officer shot every 25 hours. There's about 800,000 plus officers, local, state, and federal officers in this nation. That sounds like a lot until you realize that's out of 300 million plus citizens. Right. So when you say one officer a day out of that 800,000 for round numbers, that's 0.000125%. 
That's every, a very small number. But that's every day. But that's every day. So then I said to this pastor, now here's what here's what brings it home. When you look at the number of Christians in the United States, there's estimated to be about 210 million Christians. But out of that 210 million, only about 20% regularly attend church. I hate not that a, number. Not a good number for the church there, <laughs> I preacher hate man. that number. But hey, that's 42 million people. 42 million Christians regularly attending church. If 0.000125% of that 42 million were shot every day, that equates to 42, I'm sorry, 52 and a half people every day. So this is what I say. If you take that time seven for the Mm. week and you say to a pastor or anybody listening to this, if 367.5 Christians were shot in church this Sunday across this country, how many would show up to church the next Sunday? And that starts making (laughs) it very real to people. And that's the same exact um, probabilities and stats that the American law enforcement officer is facing. And they're looking into all this death and destruction and yet they put on that body armor, they gear up, they put on their duty belt, they strap on that firearm and all their other equipment, and they kiss their loved ones goodbye, and they truly, on a daily, nightly basis, don't know if they're coming back home again. Yeah, and and, and, and what really hits home for me, too, in looking at that, not only that stress level, but, but realizing the kind of jeopardy that they're in on, on a daily and nightly basis, but, but these ambush attacks, I think... Are, are, are something that, that make it even worse because, and again, I've never been a police officer, uh, and so I'm, I'm speculating by definition, and you tell me if I'm off base here, but you know, when you get a call, you, you get that domestic call or whatever it is, you get a you get an armed robbery call. All right, you know, you're you're on your way. There's a report. There's a gun involved. Or, you know, there's a, a barricaded suspect. Whatever it is, you, you you say, okay, all right, I'm going on this run. You gird yourself against that. You go in. You're you're emotionally, you're physically prepared. You're relying on your training. These ambush attacks. You can be sitting in your car having a cup of coffee. Yeah. You can be sitting in a restaurant. Having yep. breakfast, and this, this has happened. It's happened this year, multiple times, yep. where you're not in the middle of a call. You you haven't you got no forewarning, you know. But you've got the uniform on, you got the badge on, and somebody walks up behind you as you're sitting in your car, or you're sitting in a booth at a restaurant, and ambushes you. The level of stress that has to create for officers is something I, I have a hard time contemplating. Well, think about it. This year, you're absolutely right, by the way. And and this is what I remind people of, is that when somebody makes a vicious attack like that, they're not attacking the officer for the, who they are. They're attacking them for what they represent. That's mm-hmm. right. And this is what the, the American citizen has to get their mind around, is that if it's not for those law enforcement officers, those women, men, faithfully showing up and standing that line between good and evil every single day and night, if it's not them, then who? And they are the only thing that stands between you and the evil one. And I think citizens inherently recognize that, but it's much easier just to push that to the side and act like it doesn't exist. But so far this year, we've had 218 officers die in the line of duty in 350 days. Now, people say there's other professions that are more dangerous. Tree logging, for example. More guys die in tree logging than police officers do in a year. I always say, yes, that's true, but the trees aren't trying to kill the the, the tree logger. Right. You know, the officers are up against a human element that is seeking them out to destroy and kill them. And you got 218 that have already died, but here's the real deep, dark secret that people don't talk about, guy. Three to four times as many die as a result of their own hand every single year. As a, re- as a result of suicide is because of that's why we have finally said that's yeah. enough 
See, they're, they're falling victim to the spiritual battle between good and evil. And even though you survive an attack or you survive a partner being killed or you're a survivor as a family member, when you can't then step through and process that spiritually in your heart, in your spirit, you get overwhelmed by it. And then that's when we see the tragedy of suicide, the scourge of suicide that has taken over our profession. And so we're trying to combat that. We're standing at the gates of hell, screaming at the devil and telling him we're not going to take it anymore, and we're going to rise up and say something That's about right. it. And it's difficult enough if you have a spiritual foundation, but it is absolutely almost impossible for your heart to overcome some of these issues that officers deal with every day. If you think about you think about a citizen walking up to an officer, coming up behind them, tapping them on the shoulder, and they just got the news that day that officers were ambushed. They're, they're, they have to be so cognizant of their surroundings. And, and really, their hypervigilance is, is increased even by just that news. Right. Yeah. If they were, if, if people were shooting and killing radio hosts, wouldn't you be a little bit more sensitive about your surroundings when you came to work every day? Of course you would. Everybody would. Absolutely. Preachers are now. Well, so, and, and that factors into even some of the training that 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 I do in the sense that you know if you're a private citizen and you're involved in a self defense shooting and the police are on their way. Consider the fact that those police officers are coming into a largely unknown situation. That's right. And, they, and, they, and they've been faced with all these threats and exactly the kind of things that Rick was just talking about in, in, a, in unprecedented numbers. Yeah. And they've heard shooting. They've heard gun. You know, they heard they don't a, know a you. person shot. They're down. They're showing up on that scene. You, you as a, even as a private citizen, even when you're completely justified and in the right, need to understand what that officer is going to be thinking or, you know, multiple officers even when That's they show right. up on that scene because they're, they're – they're, they want to do their job, and they want to protect the community. They also want to go home at the end of their shift. That's right. And you have that understanding and conduct yourself accordingly. And people people will say, you know, even even clients of mine, they'll say, man, those, those cops showed up, and they threw me on the ground, and they, you know, they handcuffed me, and they did this, that, and the other thing, and I was the good guy. And I'm like, well, police officers don't know you're the good guy That's until right. they sort that out. And you have to, have to understand that. It's even part of the training that I've been doing for a long time. I'll tell you what, we're a little past the quarter hour. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I want to get in a little bit more into the biblical discussion as well. For instance, if 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 we learned in in the New Testament that that we're not to exact revenge, we're to turn the other cheek. Doesn't that also tell us that there's a lesson there in the Bible that doesn't allow us to defend ourselves, particularly with force or even deadly force, because because that was the, the, the contrary, the directly contrary uh, message was, was taught to us uh, through the Bible, even through uh, the Sermon on the Mount uh, and when, uh, when Jesus was preaching against uh, revenge and an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, as we heard in the big Old difference. Testament. Yeah, big difference. We're going to get into that. Also, we're going to continue to take your calls. You want to join this discussion? You want uh, to give, a, give us a comment or a question? Join the discussion at 317-239-9393. That's 317-239-9393. We're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WYBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. 
And we're having a, a conversation with uh, Chris Holland, uh, lead pastor at the Father's House Church here in Indianapolis, uh, Rick Snyder, FOP president. And uh, I'll tell you, this is a, is, a, is a fun and interesting conversation for me. It kind of hits me right where I live. Uh, but I think it's an important one, uh, too, uh, for uh, folks really in all walks of life uh, to, to understand, uh, to think about, and particularly those folks who have made the decision uh, to own a gun, carry a gun, and perhaps be in a position to use deadly force, uh, the defense of themselves, the defense of their family, their home, their community, uh, to understand uh, some of these issues. And, and listen, if this isn't a concern of yours, that is the spiritual issues, uh, the religious implications, um, then I respect that. No one, no one's trying to push their beliefs on you. But for, for those of us who, who consider this uh, to be fundamental and, and, and to be central, uh, to uh, to the way we, we live our lives and the things that we think about and the things that we prioritize. I think it's an incredibly important conversation. I'm thrilled to have these guys here in the studio uh, to have that conversation. And Lord knows they're a heck of a lot more knowledgeable, each of them, uh, about uh, teachings of the Bible on, on these issues. And I want to get into that just a little bit. For instance, I've been told, and again, we've, we've sort of uh, debunked the issue that uh, the commandment of thou shalt not kill prevents anyone or, or, or teaches anyone uh, that they're, they're not allowed to defend themselves, defend their families, because the, the more accurate translation uh, is thou shalt not murder. And, uh, and that's as a fundamental difference. But in addition, you know, people also uh, talk about other teachings of the Bible to say, well, you know, you, you should never uh, use force. You should never defend yourself with force, particularly deadly force, because, for instance, uh, were uh, we were taught uh, by Jesus himself um, to turn the other cheek, to to not retaliate, uh, and if we're only to turn the other cheek, if someone uh, is trying to hurt me, trying to hurt my family, does that mean that in order to be consistent with the teachings of the Bible, I simply have to submit to that and turn my cheek? And allow that to happen. And and Chris, uh, as uh, as certainly the, the the leading biblical scholar in the room, uh, what do you have to say about that? Uh, absolutely not. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to stand by. I'm a a steward over my family as a husband, as a father, uh, and I have a responsibility to God. That's who I'm going to answer to for how I dealt with my family. Uh, in all sense of the word of loving them, taking care of them, being the provider, uh, being the protector. Part of God as a father, part of God as our overseer is he is also a protector. It's part of his character, his nature. Uh, and, and when we deal with our families and deal with the community or deal with life, you know, when we talk about Exodus 20, thou shalt not kill, you have to understand that the Bible is not full of contradictions. If there is something you find that you believe is contradictory, it's in your translation or interpretation. It's not in the Bible itself. And that's one of the laws of, of, interpreta of, of interpretation for, for biblical interpretation. Excuse me. So Exodus 22 says, if a thief is caught in the act of breaking into a house and is struck and killed in the process... The person who killed the thief is not guilty of murder. So you have the two distinct 
parts of that, which just gives more credit to the word that we were using a while ago. Luke chapter 11 says, when a strong man fully armed, now the arm of that day would have been uh, a sword, it could have been a bow, mm-hmm. uh, a staff, it could have been, uh, uh, you know, David killed Goliath with a sling uh, shot, and they were very accurate, by the way, and part of the military. Don't let anybody tell you that was just a little goofy rock and it a piece not, of cloth. It's not a child's toy. Oh, no, sir. At 100 yards, they were accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been bow and arrow, mm-hmm. but but they were fully armed. He says if you're fully armed, he guards his own mansion, his own house, his property is safe. Uh, so in the New Testament, there is even Jesus spoke, those are red letters, and gave the principle for a man being able to watch over, take care of his property, take care of his home, and to be fully armed to do so. Jesus is coming back to deal justice to the wicked and those who are evil, and he's going to do so uh, to handle and and to pass out judgment and justice to those who have done wickedness and evil. So, uh, no. Uh, but 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 wait, and, and Rick, I'll, I'll turn this to you. Um, uh, we just talked about uh, the the Sermon on the Mount and, and and Jesus teaching against revenge and against eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth and saying no, you turn the other cheek. Doesn't that answer the question to say we're not allowed at being at least if we're consistent with biblical teachings and, and in fact the red letter words of Jesus himself does doesn't that tell us we're not allowed to de- defend ourselves with force well, i think one of the key distinctions to make is the context you know i always say context before content when you look at the context yeah. of those statements they're really centered and focused on uh, spiritual pr- persecution you know and in and standing strong in the middle of that now to all believers out there who are listening to this i would encourage you to take a look around if you don't find yourself in the middle of persecution yet, just stand by because it's coming your way. Yeah. Uh, because, um, you know, we're called to be the light in the middle of the darkness. That's right. And uh, when you are that light and you reflect that light, his light, uh, the evil one will seek you out and uh, come to persecute you. And so it was really focused around that. I think the other thing to focus on is that, you know, God says that we do not carry that sword in vain. Yep. Um, and he expects that it to be used in righteous ways and for righteous purposes. That's why it's so important for our law enforcement officers to remember you all stepped forward, military veterans, you all stepped forward and you raised your right hand and you said, so help me God. And you swore an oath to the constitution. I always tell our officers this, you didn't swear an oath to that mayor. You didn't swear an oath to that governor who may have been appointing you to that position. You swore an oath to the constitution and before God to uphold that. And so that's why I stand so firmly on constitutional policing and making sure that that is your roadmap. And then when you get into the Constitution, you find that it's biblically based. And, uh, you know, as we said in, in your episode, if if that is truly the case, whether you believe in, in Jesus Christ or not or God or any of those other things, if the Constitution you swore to uphold, I hope you believe in that. Uh, is biblically based, isn't it a good idea for us to get rooted in what the Bible actually says so that we have an understanding of the context before we focus on the content? And I would suggest to you that there is a great hunger and thirst for this discussion all across this country. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. And officers are are hungry for this because it's to fill that hole. They don't understand this missing part in all these discussions. And here's what we're finding. So are the communities that we serve. 
you know, the communities that we serve want to have this discussion because they are seeing the breakdown of society, the breakdown of the nuclear family. They're seeing fatherless homes, motherless homes now, and children that are going astray. Oh, brother. And, and, and we just had a discussion where you go and you talk to anybody, they're worried for their children and they're worried for their children's children, their grandchildren, That's and right. what the future may hold. Well, the question we ask is what seeds are you planting? What seeds are you planting yep. to help with that future generation? That is the key. And, and Chris, don't you think, too, there's a distinction? I mean, and again, back to uh, the teachings of the Bible itself. Don't sure. you think there's such an important distinction, and, and, and even in, in the context of, 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 of turn the other cheek, um, yeah. isn't there a dramatic difference between protecting, protecting That's yourself, what I was protecting yeah. your family, and seeking vengeance or revenge. For prior harms against you. That Absolutely. is the answer to that question because there's such a fundamental difference. Yeah, and in your in your job, in your role, in your profession, and what you do every day, you know, there are laws that stand against uh, once that initial crisis is over, if you've had to uh, protect yourself or those or a third party or your family, once that threat is over, then you got to stop. You can't, even today, you can't chase them uh, all over the neighborhood uh, and uh, and try to do more harm. If they're running away from you, if they're doing their best, uh, even as the wicked flee, the Bible says, if they're doing their best to get away and get away from you, then that's when you pull back and uh, and, and that threat is over for you at that moment. So yeah. that's the difference exactly. between revenge so you had both. You protected, and then you didn't seek revenge. And I think that very much falls into a New Testament scripture. Well, and to your point, we'll get into this, is is it is amazingly, maybe not amazingly at all, but it is, it is absolutely consistent between that biblical message you just went through and how the law of self-defense is written. Isn't and and I, I, I teach that often. It comes up in my cases routinely. And we'll get into that a little bit when we come back. Right That's now we're a little awesome. past the bottom of the hour. It's time to take a break. Give us a call with your questions or comments on this discussion. 317-239-9393. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Here in the studio with me is Dr. Chris Holland, uh, lead pastor at the Father's House Church here in Indianapolis, and Rick Snyder, FOP President, Lodge 86 from Central Indiana. You know, we, before the break, guys, we were talking about the distinction in the Bible, and it's such an, an incredibly important one, and that is between seeking vengeance which the, the, the Bible teaches against, obviously. And that's, and that's the, the turn the other cheek message is just that. It's, it's that you shall not seek vengeance after a wrong has been done to you. That's fundamentally different uh, than, than defending, to protecting, to, to, to be righteous and, and stand up and protect uh, the good uh, from evil. And, and it is completely consistent uh, with the message of, of vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yeah, correct? Deuteronomy, absolutely. And and, and, and and I think that's such an important distinction. But but what's really interesting to me, and, and Chris, you mentioned this before the break, is that that is exactly how the law of self-defense is written as well. And and, and I just Thursday night, you know, I taught, taught my Essentials of Indiana Gun Law class. And, and this always, 
this always gets people's eyes open a little wide when I cover this point, which is I always say when there's no longer an active threat, exactly how the, the law of self-defense is written, and, and their case after case after case says this in, here in Indiana and otherwise, that, that when there's no longer an after, active threat against you or anyone else, then your ability to use force legally and justifiably ends with a threat. And, 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 I, and, 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 and what, I, what I always say at that moment as I said, consider this. This is a mindset to have. We have a self-defense stand, uh, stand, statute in Indiana, a self-defense uh, ability and justification. What we don't have is a payback statute. There we don't, you we go. Don't, there, the, the payback is never justified. It may feel good. It may it may make a great movie, you know, with Jodie Foster or Mel Gibson or whoever happens to be in that particular uh, uh, that particular movie. But but what's interesting to me. Is that's also exactly how the Bible's written in terms of turning the other cheek versus protecting the flock. Yeah, and and the Romans at that time were absolutely extremely abusive. Uh, they they would just walk. They could walk up and just slap you. Mm-hmm. Um, they could they could tell you to carry my pack, carry my load, carry give me your coat. I whatever you have, give it to me. I'm a Roman, you're a Jew, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Roman, you're a Gentile, give it to them. I mean, they could just, they could, they had the right within their governmental system to just be abusive. And, and so uh, seeking vengeance or trying to uh, create a place where revenge uh, is your right to enact or, or act out, uh, Jesus was absolutely against. I'm absolutely against that. Sure. Now, we're called to love people, uh, and we're called to love him, we're called to love people. Very simple. Love God, love people. Well, how can you love people and take someone's life? Uh, well, that's a different issue when you're faced with uh, someone trying to take your life or hurt your family or take the life of your child. Um, they're not coming at you uh, asking for love. They're coming at you asking for your life. Well, and on, on exactly that point, I mean, I, I look at this, I think, a lot of times through um, through the eyes and through the words of our founding fathers in, in terms of um, the, the people who created this system of government that we have. You mentioned the, the Roman system of government and what it was predicated upon. Well, our system of government, and I love what the Declaration of Independence says on this point. Obviously, the Constitution is what actually formed our government, but there are so many important teachings in the Declaration of Independence itself Absolutely. in terms of the, the mindset of our founders in creating the system of government that we have and why they put together the system of government they did in the Constitution. And, you know, uh, uh, everybody knows the part of the Declaration of Independence about we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, right, uh, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our, our current president have a hard, has a hard time getting those words out, but yeah. most of the rest of us understand that. But what I always look to are the words, and we talked about this in the podcast on Remnant Revealed, and, and, and that is that the words that come right after that are so important to me, because after talking about unalienable rights, and, and to me, unalienable means, by definition, that man may not divest me of those. Man may not take them away from me. That's, That's what right. unalienable natural means. Yeah. They're natural rights. They come to us from nature and nature's God, right? That's and that right. is exactly the words and as that our founders used. But right after talking about these unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it then says, and this is, this is, this is, this this gives us the motivation they had in forming the system of government that they did. And that is to preserve these rights. Governments are instituted among men to preserve these rights. 
that the governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Right, And then it goes on to say that when any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, that is, that government, and establish new government uh, on such principles and, and creating its powers in such form as to the people to seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Th th those, that, that part of the, of the Declaration of Independence didn't get, didn't, didn't get talked about enough. But I go back to Rick's comment about a police officer is that interface, is literally that thin blue line between the government, right, and the citizen, and what their role is in society. And what I look at, Rick, and, and I'm not a cop, I've never been one, but ten, so tell me if I'm wrong, but they are literally doing the bidding of our founding fathers that says the government is there to preserve these unalienable rights and among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the police officer is there to say, no, we're not going to allow the destruction of life. We're not going to destroy the, we're not going to allow the destruction of liberty or, 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 or your, your ability to seek happiness. They are enforcing the laws of the government whose job it is to preserve our unalienable rights. Mm -hmm. And where the rubber hits the road, you know, you know on, on foreign soil, it's the military. Here, domestically, it's law enforcement. law enforcement. And they're doing exactly what the founders had in mind, which is to preserve those unalienable rights. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, a lot of people talk about law and order these days. I'm always quick to point out that our job is to preserve the law and restore the order when the order has been broken. And, you know, a key distinction also is it's the law enforcement officer's role to protect the rights of the individual citizen not the rights of the state. Right, exactly. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So To preserve when, these rights. When we're exactly. enforcing laws, there are laws that are created with the consent of the governed. It doesn't mean that we're playing a role to protect the state or the government from the pe people. It's, it's, it's the opposite. We are to defend the rights of the individual, even from the government. That's why the role of the law enforcement officer is so unique. We represent the state but the state and the protection of the individual rights. And that's why we say they are called to stand that line. That's why you don't see a judge in a black robe out in the neighborhood at 3 a.m. Right. in the morning. That's why you don't see your prosecutor mm -hmm. out there or that public defender. You see the uniformed law enforcement officer out there doing that. And so it's important that our officers are well-founded and rooted in where that comes from. What do you mean when you raise that right hand? Why do you raise your right hand? And why do you say, so help me God? That's why we're doing the podcast. Remnant Revealed, I think, is revealing that to the remnant, those law enforcement officers, but the public in general. And um, we're just grateful to be able to do it. I just we encourage are. people to subscribe to it. If you say, hey, I'm not a cop, that's not for me. You couldn't be further from that's the truth. That's exactly right. If you're a law-abiding citizen and you support the Constitution and you also want to know where those God-given rights come from, subscribe to the channel. Stay tuned to it and watch it. We have great discussions on all these points. Yes, we do. The more subscribers we get, we break the algorithms. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that YouTube wants us getting watched, but if we break the algorithms, <laughs> yeah. people will get, it'll get recommended and they'll see it. And uh, we're not doing it for anything. We're not making, you know, it's like you don't, you're not doing this show for the money. I know that. We're <laughs> yeah, not, trust me. We're, we're not yeah, doing we're it. not doing it. Yeah. We're doing it because we love people. We love yeah. people. And we want to get this out there in front of their heads and their hearts. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're, uh, past the three-quarter hour, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up and and talk about when while police officers they're uh, in that role uh, of preserving and protecting our individual rights, and that's their job. That's what our founders intended. But the private citizen has a role in that too, and we'll talk about that and how we are not only uh, able to 
but empowered to uh, protect our own unalienable rights. And with that, we'll wrap things up for this edition of The Gun Guy Show. We'll be right back. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. And welcome back for the last segment of The Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. It's going to be a short segment. We kind of went a little bit long, as uh, we are sometimes prone to do. But, uh, you know, I, I really was honored to participate in this podcast of uh, Remnant Revealed. Uh, you can go to the uh, their channel on YouTube, search for Remnant Revealed. It's episode 38, and, and entitled uh, Guns, Glory, and God-Given Rights. <laughs> and uh, and I, 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 I love that. Uh, and, and the discussion there is uh is consistent with with everything else we've talked about uh but i very much focused on the the idea as we mentioned before the break that in the words of our founding fathers that we have rights that are unalienable meaning they can't be taken away and if and and, and they're endowed by god 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 gave me life and god therefore in my mind, very much gives me the ability to preserve my life, to protect my life. God gave my family life. And, 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 and that right to life is unalienable, meaning can't be taken away. If I don't have the ability to protect my life, defend my life, if I don't have the ability to defend my family members and their lives, if I don't have that ability, and believe me, a lot of people would take that ability that right away from you no question that no it's only it's the police and the military the only ones that should have guns they're the only ones that should be empowered to use force and the rest of us have to sit by benignly and take what comes if that's the case if i don't have the ability to defend my life defend my family how is that right to life unalienable it's my ability to stand up and say, no, you're not going to attack me. You're not going to attack my family. You're not coming into my home at night to do harm to me or my family. You're not going to do harm to other innocent people in my community if I'm there present. Because they have a right to life, and that right to life is unalienable. If I don't have that right, how is that right, in fact, unalienable? If a, if a, if a thief, a murderer, a mass shooter whoever it is, can take that away from me, then it's not a right. It's not a right. And it's certainly not un unalienable. And with that, we, we, we draw this episode to a conclusion. Thanks so much uh, to Chris Holland and Rick Snyder. Enjoyed it a lot. Hope you did, too. Come back next week. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.